Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back. All right, today we are talking about flow, getting into the flow, the flow state, being in the flow, competing in the flow, all things flow. And if you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, um, a flow state is something that again, science has studied. Um, And it is the state of where you are so involved in what you are doing that, you know, there's no time, right? Like what is time? Like everything else falls away. Like it's hyper-focused. Some have described it. Um, Athletes really describe getting into the flow, being in the flow. And basically it's a really, I think of it as a really ultra present moment, right? Because if we are so involved in what we are doing, then we are super in the present moment and we are not thinking about the future, the worries, the past, the things that could happen, the things that might've happened, the things that did happen, you know, our grocery list, whatever. We're not thinking about all of those things. We are fully in the moment. And some people also add to that that they have an extra sense of determination when they do that, an extra sense of grit or focus. And in truth, yes, focus, hyper-focus, flow, a lot of these words are interchangeable, not necessarily in their Webster's definition, but in the fact of how people describe that feeling right? How people um, use their vocabulary to describe what it is to compete when there is literally nothing else happening in the world, right? And I love this, obviously, for all the reasons. Um, and I know that I learned this when I was a kid. And and I talked about this in a recent like little email that I send out. So if you're not on my email list, get on my email list. But I talked about this recently that like how I kind of learned to get in this flow state was was kind of a negative way, (laughs) really. Um, Because when I was a kid, I rode horses, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I rode hunter jumpers, if anyone's curious. And I had one of, quote, those dads, all right? The ones that would get like ultra competitive and just in my stuff if I didn't win, right? And he was famous for his tantrums and all kinds of lovely things. I did love him a lot and, you know, whatever, dads are dads. But anyway, point being is he would get really mad at me about not winning or something like that. And then all of a sudden I would do better. And he thought, because that was the pattern he could see on his side, was that if he yelled at me, I performed better. Therefore, yell at me more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't take therapy to realize that this is a bad, you know, this is a bad way to go. However, What I did learn out of it is I learned how to block everything else out, 
Okay. So I don't suggest this. I said this in my little email, if you got it the other month, um, but I don't suggest this. This is not a plan. This isn't, don't do this to yourself, to your kids, to your, you know, significant others, your friends, don't just yell at them for whatever reason. Um, but what my takeaway is, and the reason I'm bringing it up is through that, my mechanism was shut everything out, shut him out, shut everything else out other than what my job was, right? To compete, to walk into the ring and be able to lay down a great trip and be able to do what I was there to do, okay? Again, don't recommend. (laughs) Zero out of 10 stars, don't recommend. Um, But I think that that is part of it. And I think that is part of, you know, being able to block things out, which is would be kind of the negative way to say it, or the positive way to say it would be hyper focus on the present moment. Okay, so I got good at it through practice. (laughs) But again, it was a negative practice. Um, But there are other ways to get good at it without, again, being yelled at. All right. Um, And we're going to talk about those things because I won't leave you without tips. Um, All right. So let's talk more about it, though, because part of what part of getting into it means you have to understand what it is or what you are aiming for. And one of the things about flow and one of the reasons why athletes describe it using different words is flow is pretty emotional in in terms of like what it is. Um, it's not necessarily, yes, like I said, science has studied it. They've studied elite athletes. They've studied their brain waves and all of that kind of stuff when they're in these states. And, but basically they describe it as a state of hyper-focus or being really in the present. That would be the positive. For me, I think that there's a big component of emotion or feeling into it, which is how we feel when we are in that zone, Okay, zone is another really common term for it. Um, And how we feel, which is in that zone. Do we feel calm? Do we feel focused? Do we feel like, you know, time slows down? Um, Do we feel like we recognize like all the all the colors in the world, right? We're just hypersensitive to and we see everything really differently. Do we have tunnel vision? Um, You know, we don't hear anybody else. You know, I know that when I used to compete in riding, Um, I wouldn't hear anybody, but I could pick out if my coach whispered, (laughs) right? You know, there are some things that you are just tuned into and tuned and and think other things that fall away. So I'm using, I'm trying to pull out all these words and all these descriptions because somewhere in your history, you have felt this, okay? And I want you to really think about when it is that you feel this. And by the way, it might not be at a dog trial. There might be so much other commotion or you might be newer in your dog trialing journal journey rather that you still get really distracted by everything else that's going on. Or when you walk into the ring, you you walk in with all of these other things, right? Or you can hear your dog barking in its crate in the back room um, because you're, of course, tuned in to your other dogs, your second dog's bark or something, right? So I'm, I'm giving you all of these ideas because I want you to go back and mine the times where you felt like this, where you felt like you were in the zone, where you felt like, you know, time didn't exist. And it might be in your non-dog world. Like for instance, one of the other times that this happens for me, kind of without me thinking about it, is 
you know, here's a little tidbit about me. I love, I've gotten into quilting in the last several years, um, basically just before the pandemic. <laughs> um, and yeah, my sister got me into it and I find that sewing in a straight line, which is all I can do by the way, is quite Zen. <laughs> and even like the amount of ironing that I really didn't, that I really underestimated in quilting, um, even that has become quite Zen for me. And when I am, into a project, working on a quilt, something like that, some other project. I mean, I really, I mean, it could be midnight and the dogs are just staring at me or they've long gone to bed without me. And I don't, I'm just in the present moment, right? And everything else has fallen away. And, and I liken that to more of like a meditative state. Okay. But it is the same thing in that I am only in the present moment. I am only focusing on sewing straight lines, uh, maybe swearing a little bit, um, or ironing or whatever it is, or piecing or whatever, and there's nothing else, all right? And that is where we need to be when we are competing. There needs to be nothing else on our minds other than what we need to do to execute, which includes our goals, quite frankly, right? We don't really need to be thinking, I need to cue um, in order to to you know be successful apparently there's a tornado alarm going off um and um i don't need to be thinking about anything other than what i'm here to do which does include queuing or some other outcome goal or the fact that my breeder came to watch today or you know the fact that that friend is here or you know whatever else could be going around in the environment um, I can't be thinking about that stuff, right? And so whether or not you think of it as a meditative state, you think of it as relaxing, you know, to me, quilting is relaxing, but competing is not relaxing. And a matter of fact, if I'm too relaxed, I'm terrible. It's a definite Goldilocks problem for me. Like too relaxed, not good. Too amped up, not good. Need to find my just right in the middle. All right. So when we think about getting in the flow or the zone, um, we need to think about how do I get in the present moment, focused only on my dog and my execution plan and let everything else go, okay? And I think that people are naturally, people can naturally do this, right? They can, like I said, I didn't, I didn't plan on doing it when I play with quilting or do some other stuff. Um, but I know certainly like when I go to even dog class, like I don't think about work. I don't think about other things that I'm doing. I don't think about, you know, emails and other stuff. So there's definitely ways that we can work on this. But I want to point out like everything else that you do, it is a skill, and you know, you know by now that I believe mindset is a handling skill. And it's one of the most underrated handling skills that we have, right? If you've ever watched a really great handler save a run or make a different decision in the moment or make a plan and just handle the heck out of whether it's that obedience, you know, pattern or the rally course or the agility course, then you've seen it, right? You've seen it in action. You're like that. That's what I want to be. I want to be able to do that. Well, that's being fully in the present because if that handler wasn't paying attention to all the cues or all the things going on in the environment and wasn't just hyper-focused in the moment, they wouldn't be able to pull that off, right? And so that's where we want to get to. That's why I think it's like mindset's the most underrated handling skill um, because it is the foundation for us tapping into 
the other maybe harder handling skills like we have, like being able to execute something over and over again and trusting in our training. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take a breath, figure out what that alarm was, and I'll be right back. This is a shameless plug for my Dogged Planner. I created a planner, workbook, and journal designed just for handlers with big goals. It's been years in the making and it's finally available and I'm super proud of it. The link to learn more is in the show notes, but quickly, the Dogged Planner has goal setting pages, title tracking, a place to record health information, in-season date capture, notes pages, and monthly and weekly calendars. The workbook is everything except the calendar. And the journal is blank for seminar notes, rehab plans, training notes, agility stickers, or whatever else you may need. All are available on Amazon and are made to order. So if you're serious about slaying your goals this year, then you need the Dogged Planners. Okay, I'm back and we are going to talk about how you get there, but also I'm going to answer the burning question of what was that alarm? Apparently there's a law enforcement situation in my area and I should stay off XYZ road. So we're going to do that. Okay, so let's talk about how we get into the flow state, how or the zone or in our like perfect determination state. First of all, I want you to name it what you want to name it. Okay, I want it to be what you make it to be because that will make a more emotional feelings-based connection for you and you're going to be more likely to remember it, all right? And if you have trouble remembering a time that you were really in that state, you know, if you think like, oh my God, I'm always nervous or oh my God, I'm always frantic or hectic or thinking about other things. How do people do that? How do people lock it all out, blah, blah, blah. I want you to go through your camera roll. I know, <laughs> I know. Go through your, oh, what a chore to go through your caribou roll. Um, and I want you to flip back and I want you to just flip back with this in mind. When was I just solely focused on the present moment and not thinking about anything else? Or when did I have like a really great run? Maybe you have a video of the run or maybe you just have a picture from the day, right? That smiling picture of your dog, you know, out in a field with a ribbon on its neck or something like that from the day that just makes you remember what it was like to be in that state. Because you've done it before. I promise you, you've done it before. It might not have been for a whole run, but it at least was for part of it. There at least was a part of it that felt like smooth like butter, you know, or whatever it was. Okay. So I know that you have felt that way. So I do want you to find evidence in your camera roll of a time where you felt that way and remind yourself that it is possible. Okay. Because that is really important for us, um, our brains to have evidence to know that it is possible and we can be able to go into that moment and go like, yes, that's how I want to feel. I want to feel like that that again. So then we stop chasing things and we start, ch- chasing is the wrong word maybe, but we start going after the feeling of it. And that feeling of it is going to take you much farther than if you just do like the, you know, X, Y, Z things and blah, 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 right? Because then you're just checking off a to-do list versus really chasing that feeling right? For me, I want to chase the feeling. I want to go after that feeling. If I go after that feeling, then I'm in a zone of being fully in the present. I'm trusting my training. I'm trusting my dogs. I'm blocking everything else out and I'm just laying it down, right? And that's what I want. That's how I describe my zone or my flow. And I have a number of things that I do to try to support me in getting there, okay? But I'm also going to tell you that they require practice. Like I didn't just wake up one morning 
get yelled at by my dad. And then suddenly I was in this perfect flow state forevermore. It does not work that way. Um, actually, as, a, as an adult, then I was able to sort of pull it apart and really figure out like why I was doing that or how I was backing into this moment. Okay. But for the rest of us who want a more positive experience in life, um, let's talk about some things that you can do. First of all, the camera roll trick, do it. Do it whenever, you know what, do your camera roll trick, by the way, whenever you need to pick me up, okay? Whenever you need a reminder that it's possible. And by the way, delete the videos that don't serve you or make you feel yucky um, or make you feel frustrated, you know, like those last bar jumps or, you know, runs or whatever. When you had the last bar and you know it's because you stopped short or whatever, whatever. Like, delete that you, or edit it. Edit it like before that moment. I think you'll still know that what happened at the end, but you know, do what you got to do. Okay. All right. So let's talk about some things that help you get in the flow state. So we'll start with easiest. Easy, one of the easiest things I do is I listen to music and I listen to music when I walk the course, if there's a course to be walked, like in rally or agility, or in like the case of obedience, I might listen to it in the morning, just while I'm walking around or dragging crates in and out of the building or, you know, whatever you do to set up or walking the dog or whatever. Okay. And I, my choice is don't copy me just to copy me, but like find your, find your own. My choice is, is I choose one song and I play that song on a freaking loop, one song over and over and over again. And I've played single songs for like years at a time. I mean, not like in my daily life, like it's not like the only song I hear, but in my like competing life. And the reason I do that is I want it to be stuck in my brain. I want it to be such a deep earworm that I can't get it out because then when I'm later, when I'm distracted or I'm going to the ring and I start to get distracted by other thoughts, that earworm is available to me and it helps me get back to focusing only on that song or only in the moment or only on my dog. It serves as like that mental reminder of like how that's going to work for me. Okay. So I love having a single earworm, basically a song that I turn into an earworm because it grounds me, but you could just as soon use other music, regular music that that perks you up or calms you down or or gets you really determined. You know, for a couple years in there, one of my songs was an Eminem song, right? It's not some soft ballad, okay? Like that is not the emotion or intention that I'm going for when I'm walking the course. Now, sometimes when I want to, with Moxie, I want to make sure we're having fun. I listen to a lighter song. I listen to a song that is like happy and fun and, and joyful and whatever. And then if I feel like I'm losing my focus or my edge throughout the day, then I'll switch to a harder, like more like, song, you know, grittier song. Okay. But you got to find your vibe. And, um, yes, I, part of the reason I run with a baseball hat in every sport is I have bangs <laughs> and my bangs are freaking annoying. And so that is part of it. I don't want to be fussing with my hair and when I run, but also it helps me kind of lock everything else out. And do I look like I have resting bitch face? Sure. Sometimes I do. And I'm sorry for that if that was your vibe. But now that you know me, now you'll know that it's not that I'm just being like focused. Okay. So those are a couple things you can do. But the other thing I want you to do is I want you to practice throughout your day, throughout when you go to training, when you go, you know, run your dogs, whether it's in class or by yourself, I want you to practice getting into that feeling and getting into like, okay, 
I'm walking to the ring. I'm only focused on her. Nothing else matters. It's just me and my dog. And think about like how, even if you're like running in your backyard, like how much fun you're having, whether it's, is it a feeling of joy? Is it a feeling of focus? Is it a feeling of intensity? You know, are you good when you are uh, a seven on an intensity scale or are you better when you're a three or you're good at eight, but your dog's better at three, right? Um, I have a mismatch right now, which is why that's top of mind. So think about that, but you have to practice. You have to practice amping yourself up or calming yourself down. Don't say calm down because that's never in the history of life worked. Um, but think about like your energy, right? It's really thinking about your energy as a dial or your intensity as a dial and learning where that sweet spot is. And maybe it's a seven and a half, you know, but you have to learn that for you. And then you have to practice getting there. But if you are only practicing at trials, you're not helping yourself, right? So you got to find other ways to practice. Practice when you're mowing the lawn, right? Or practice when you're doing some chore or sweeping or what, whatever, I don't know, insert chore here. Um, practice at practice, you know, but find places without your dog where you can visualize. And by visualize, I also mean feel the feelings of getting into that state where like nothing else matters, okay? The last thing I'm going to say is meditate. And I know some of you just like rolled your eyes um, or like, you know, just made a face or whatever. But here's what I'm going to say about meditation that everybody kind of glosses over. Yes, it's good for you, yada, yada, insert science here. But meditation is practicing being in the present moment. Okay. So if you can't sit still for 50 seconds, how in the world are you going to stay present for 50 seconds in the ring? Okay. If that's your agility time, who cares? If you are doing obedience, how are you going to stay present for five minutes if you can't sit still for 30 seconds? Okay. So I know that it is, that is really hard. And I don't want you to start meditating for 11 minutes right now. Like don't, don't have that be your first experience. Literally try it for a, a minute. Try it doing meditative walks. Try doing guided meditate. Try different types of things. But don't look at it that you're like, this girl's making you sit still for, for three minutes. Look at it like you're building your mental stamina and your ability to focus. Because being in the present moment and, and learning how that when these errant thoughts cross your path, just to see them as like little wispy clouds that just cross and keep on going so that you get back to the task at hand, back to focusing on your breathing, back to, you know, focusing on sounds, right? You can go for a walk and, and just the whole time you're on the walk, listen to sounds, focus on birds, focus on what you hear, focus on the traffic, focus on, you know, the sound of your dogs or panting or, you know, maybe you're panting, maybe they're panting, whoever's panting, you know, just focusing on sounds. That's meditating. And because, and the reason it's meditating is you're only focused on the present moment and you're letting everything else go, which sounds a lot like the flow state, which sounds a lot like the zone, mm, not an accident. Okay. So we can practice teaching our brains to stop multitasking for five seconds, <laughs> right? Um, give our brains a break, let it only think about one thing. And then that will help you start to feel what it's like and how kind of peaceful it is to only focus on one thing, all right? And 
you know, by the way, it's never going to happen perfectly at a trial because, you know, we have all these other variables that we don't control, right? As we're walking into the ring, we don't control the person who like rudely walks in front of us or something to check with the gate steward or whatever, right? We don't control some of that stuff. Um, so we have to control what we can control and we have to practice getting in these states when we can and squeeze it in whenever we can. So I went from easiest to hardest <laughs> only because I know that a lot of people resist meditation. And I learned recently that some of the reason that people resist meditation is they don't feel like it's safe to be still. Some people feel guilty for sitting down for five minutes. Um, I definitely have had to play with different types of meditation. Um, some days I can just turn on a ding timer and like sit there. And other days I have to do a guided meditation because I need to focus on someone else's voice. So I now do what I need to do. And some days if I can't sit still, I'll do a walking meditation, you know, walking where I like listen to just the birds or focus on a sound or put something in my ears, right? And just focus on whatever. Okay. So every day is not the same and every meditation style is not for everybody. And so I would urge you to give it a try and figure out what it is that teaches your brain to be safe and calm and focused in the present moment, because that is going to help you get in the zone and flow and be able to grab for that on demand. Like I want to be able to snap my fingers and get into that zone, right? And so I have come up with my rituals in the morning that support me, my music, you know, meditating at other times, um, you know, pulling down my hat, blocking things out, listening, getting my earworm back in my head, you know, looking at my dog, focusing on my dog, thanking my dog for running. Those are all little ways that I, I remind myself to get grounded, get back in the moment, back in the moment, back in the moment. And with our brains today, multitasking, bouncing, having all of these demands, having, you know, six devices in our hands at all time, you know, we we're watching TV with the phone and the iPad, right? I mean, this is our lives right now. And that's great, but that's not practicing focus right? Like I have found that sometimes I have trouble watching a movie that I really want to watch without also scrolling something. Whew, like that's exhausting, right? But we've learned to do that and it's an escape hatch for us. And so sometimes even in a run, we get unfocused um, because our brains can't stay focused for that long. So if you're forgetting your courses, if you're having trouble staying in the moment, like all of these things can help. It's your brain saying, help, I need to learn a little mental stamina and I need to learn how to focus. And like I said, some people are now discovering, some researchers are now discovering that it has a lot to do with your ability to feel safe by just being, right? Which is a whole nother podcast for an, like a, an actual therapist to do, not me. Um, but I just thought that was really fascinating. It was kind of an aha moment for me. Okay. So I always like to give you to-dos. You have some things to practice now. Um, so I want you to take that to heart and think about, the first thing to think about is what is the zone for you? Or what is, you know, flow for you? What does that feel like? What What is that for you? Because you can't chase a thing you don't know what it is right? Like how do you, how do you have as a goal something you've never felt before? 
So go do your homework, go flip through your phone, go think about past runs or even pieces of past runs and past performances and think about those times where like, oh my God, it just felt so good. All right, because that's the feeling we want over and over again. That's the feeling we want. So um, do that first and then like choose something, choose something to try that will extend your ability to stay in the present moment. All right, because that's the muscle, if you will, that you're trying to build. That's the skill. That's the handling skill that is going to help you. Because if you can run fully in the present, block out everything else and really be like super connected to your dog, I mean, you start to see and 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 notice things in your run that you can now react to and be present for and make a change and handle. And it will then make you a better competitor, which is why we're here, right? Okay. That's a lot. I realize I've given you a lot, but this is a big, important topic. Maybe bookmark this for later or something and listen to it again. And just commit to building your mindset in this way that is led by being in the present, really, is at the root of it. Okay? All right. Like I always say, whatever you're up to this week, I hope you have a great week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.